In John 8, 1 through 11, it says this. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using the question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. The standoff. In this story, Jesus Christ has become the focal point in Jerusalem. Everybody is fighting and trying to figure out who he is. And the leaders of Jerusalem, the leaders of the Israelites, get to a point where they want to put him to the test. As we just read, it says that they wanted to trap him. They wanted to find out who he really was and how they could get him off of the scene because he was gaining a lot of following. So when they bring this woman to Jesus, they're hoping one of two things happens. The first thing, they hope that maybe he would actually agree with the law of Moses. But if he agrees with the law of Moses and the woman gets stoned, then Jesus gets in trouble. They think Jesus doesn't understand that. But in Israel at that time, Rome was in charge and they were completely in control of capital punishment. So if Jesus agrees with Moses and says, let her be stoned, then the Romans come after Jesus and that's what the Pharisees are hoping, the leaders of Israel. But the other thing is, is if Jesus disagrees with Moses, who at that time and with those people is authoritative, then he disqualifies himself from being a spiritual leader. And these Pharisees think they have this airtight case against Jesus. And what Jesus does, like only he can do, is he cuts right to the heart of the issue. And he does this, and I wanna remind you. They kept on questioning him. Should we stone him? Should we stone her? What should we do? You tell us, pick one, pick one, come on, pick one. And they're thinking one way, we can trap him. 
And the first words of Jesus in this interaction are this. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. You see, if they were going to stone her, it would have been absolutely epic in the city at that moment. Stoning had happened a lot throughout the years before Jesus, but by the time Jesus came onto the scene, stoning wasn't as prevalent as it used to be. And in the Old Testament, it's true that if a woman were caught in the act of adultery, then she would get stoned, but as they started to soften things up, it wasn't quite a stoning, she might just get put into jail. And there was two different types of stoning. There was a woman who's caught, who's just betrothed, she's engaged, and then if she was engaged to be married but not married yet, then she would be stoned. But if she was married and then caught in the act of adultery, she wouldn't be stoned, it was just a little bit less, she would be strangled to death. And so these guys are going, hey, she has this sin, and if you don't have any sin, then go ahead and stone her, and I'll watch. And it's amazing, isn't it? This story unfolds. When Jesus says, if you have no sin, then throw a stone. And they just stand there and they're like, wait a minute, he just picked, that's not one of our options. That's not one of our choices. He's supposed to make a decision, not ask us a question, not, not, not point it back to us. And as they're standing there getting ready to stone this woman and to hear Jesus' response so they can trap him and say he's not God, the men are just like, man, I cannot believe our plan failed. He's exactly right. You know, it's believed that these Pharisees, these leaders of Israel at the time, were so full of sin that perhaps one of these men was the man that was sleeping with the woman that was caught in adultery, and that's why they were able to find her. Because it was something that he did, and so he just offered that up as an opportunity to catch Jesus. And in that moment, all he wanted to do was find out what was wrong with Jesus and find out what was wrong with this woman and put all of that on display so that he could stand by and be the righteous one who declares that the woman is sinful and is capable and willing to stone her for her sin. Now, Jesus knows this and it's like, he goes, come on, who among you is better than her? Who among you is without sin? If you're sinless, if you're just perfect, then go ahead, by all means, do this, do this thing. None of them can, and they all just drop their stones, and they start to walk away, and it's interesting, isn't it? The, the older ones walk away first, like, oh, man, he cut right to the heart. And then the young guys are like, oh, we got to get this right. Come on, we, we're, we're right, we're right, he's wrong. And Jesus just says, if you don't have any sin. Now, when he goes down on the ground to write, there's a lot of different speculation as to what Jesus is writing on the ground. But the one that I like the best is in that day and age when a judge would make a decree 
He would write the decree down first, the verdict down first, and then he would say what he wrote. And so I actually believe that Jesus got down on the ground and wrote, if there's anyone among you without sin, let him throw the first stone. And then he stood up and he said it. And the people watched that and they're like, oh, it's not, it's not the first thing he tried to trap us with. It's not the second thing he tried to trap us with. This statement on the ground and the words he just said cut right to the heart because I know that I'm just as bad as this woman that I'm trying to get Jesus to condemn. And they knew it in that moment. And nobody had caught him in that, caught those men in that moment until that point happened right there. And they went, oh, someone just saw right through me. You guys, Jesus can see right through every one of us. And what I see in this story is something that happens every single day in our culture. People picking up stones and casting them at people as if to say, this woman, this person, those people are worse than me or I am better than them. And the message, the first part of today the first part of this series, the first part that I just, I have to, the whole thrust of this series was I have got to, with, with everything I can, lead every one of us to not be those that are throwing stones. We need to stop throwing stones. We need to stop throwing stones. Christians are known for throwing stones. You know that? You know that one of the most unattractive things about Christianity is the fact that all of us are sinners equally and we mess up, we screw things up, but then we're the ones that call out the other people and say, you are worse than me. We throw stones at one another. We throw stones at people who are different than us. They just act different than us. We throw stones at people who are different color than us. We throw stones at people who have a different sexual orientation than us. We, we, we throw stones at people that have a different religion than us. We have come off, and this picture of the Pharisees is the picture of Christians today who think that they're righteous and want to prove that they are better than anybody else. And the heart of this series was the fact that we all find ourselves, if we're not careful, picking people out and saying, I'm better than you. We need to stop throwing stones. You know where I see this happening more than anywhere else? Social media. We need to stop throwing stones on social media. Can we be a group of people that are identified by loving people, by telling people how great they are, by telling people how loved they are, by telling people how much God loves them? Right now, what I see on Facebook, what I see on Twitter, is Christians being the ones who divide people, as opposed to being the ones that go, you know what, I have my own stuff, I have my own issues, and I am not going to pick anything to be against. I'm going to be for telling people how much God loves them. Jesus had every opportunity in this moment to divide, and what he did is he 
started the ultimate standoff. You see, the Pharisees thought, there's the woman, there's us, and there's Jesus. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. There's me and there's everyone else. It's me across the aisle from you. You are like her, she is like you, all of you are broken. And in your brokenness, you turn and you throw stones at one another. Man, could, could, like, could we be a part of, of, of a church that's like sick and tired of throwing stones on social media? I mean, like, are you guys with me? Like, can we, like, I get it that you want to say something and that you want to be something and you want to have it all figured out, but could we be for what Jesus is for in this story? Just loving people? Just saying, hey, she is loved by me. You are loved by me. Could we be that? You see, I get it. I know why we throw stones. Because I feel the temptation all the time to throw stones. I always feel it, just like you. It's just, I, I go back to this story, and I'm like, no, 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 no. He who is among you who has no sin, let him throw the first stone. And I'm like, I can't throw a stone. What needs to come out of today is something needs to stop us just from online, just saying that thing, posting that article that says, I'm better than you, and I have less sin than you. Because what ends up happening is something about you or something about us comes out, and then everything that we said we were for gets disqualified in this mess that is hypocrisy. Can we just be for people and not against people? Can we build relationships with people before we just throw some information at them and tell them something right or wrong? See, I know where it comes from because it comes from the same place for me that it comes from you. Here's where stone throwing comes from. Here's what is happening in your heart and in my heart, and we have to disengage this. The first one is this, knowing a lot. You see, some of us know so much you see, the Pharisees knew everything. They knew the law. They knew, they knew what was, was, was said in it. And they knew so much that if they could just know more than other people, they would post, we know, we know, we have the information. And so what I see a lot of times on social media is I see people like posting a, these big articles that are just tons of information that ultimately say, we're smarter than you. We're smarter than you. Can I tell you that throwing stones comes from a heart of stone. It comes from a heart that is hardened, that says, I know a lot. You see, the Bible says, knowledge puffs up. Knowledge makes us arrogant. Knowledge doesn't keep our, our hearts soft. Knowledge makes us think, I'm so smart that I just have to bless the world with everything that I know. You see, the Pharisees, they knew everything. They're the ones that should have been able to identify Jesus as Jesus above everyone else. You know this? You know that one of the jobs of the Pharisees was to actually find the Messiah because they knew the scripture so well, was to actually point him out to all the rest of the world and go, here he is, here's the Messiah. What this shows you is that knowing everything can still lead you to doing the worst possible thing because the Pharisees, having known everything they knew, still put Jesus on the cross. It's not about knowing a lot. Just because you know doesn't mean you should tell everybody everything you know all the time, especially when what you know 
is really just a iron fist in a velvet glove of I'm smarter than you. I'm better than you. We need to stop throwing stones. Here's another, this, this heart, this is what happens when we, we start posting on social media and this is kind of the way we live our lives. Being right. Being right is what causes people to throw stones. Oh, I'm so right. You grew up, you know, you know the Bible, so it convicts you that you're right, and so I'm so right, I'm just gonna tell all those people that they're wrong and I'm right. That they're wrong and I'm right. I mean, the Pharisees thought, they were like, we know the Bible and we are right, man. A woman caught in adultery, she needs to be stoned or she needs to be strangled. That is just, we know the law of Moses and we're right and we're just gonna catch Jesus in his wrongness. And that heart, it's the same heart I see all over. I'm right, you're wrong. You know what happens? When we care more about being right, we destroy relationships. I mean, have you ever got to the place in a relationship where like you were so right and then you actually won the fight and then the relationship ended? That's because being right is not how Jesus tried to make relationships work. Jesus made relationships work by being righteous and being loving and giving up the right to be right. Jesus hung on the cross. He was right. He was the right person. He did all the right things, and he hung on the cross. Why? So he could have a great relationship. You and I, we get in this trap of I got to be right. I got to be on top. I can't be the wrong one, I gotta be the right one. And so then our hearts get prideful, they turn into stone, and then those stones we throw at people with here's how much I know and here's how right I am. Now some of you are like, it's not about knowing. It's not about being right, Joel, not for me. It's about this. It's about being fed up. Some of you just like, you know, that's it. I gotta draw, I gotta draw the line somewhere. I can't let that group say that anymore. I can't let those people be that anymore. I've got to jump in. I'm fed up. I'm a defender. I got to jump in and fix this whole thing. And then you just start throwing stones like, I'm done. I'm done with this injustice. And when we move in that direction, we divide, we push, we break. We come off as self-righteous. I understand all these things are what drive us to throw stones on social media and in the world, but could it be that like maybe God has something different? Like you have a voice, right? Like you have something to say, like God has blessed you and he's given you a life and you, you have a tongue and you have a mind and you have something that you could say. And you can use that to go after people and attack people. Or you can use that to show people how much God loves them. You know that most people walk through life never really realizing how much God loves them? You see, this whole thing starts in our hearts. Stone throwing starts in your heart. It starts off inside when you get bitter and you get frustrated, and you feel insecure, and you feel like you've gotta make your mark, 
And what I just want to challenge us all to do today is to ask God to soften our heart. And here's how you do that. I want you to put yourself right now in the woman's shoes. The woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And she is in that moment and she's brought before Jesus. And Jesus, who's a teacher of the law, says the opposite of what the Pharisees say. And in that moment, she thinks, I'm gonna be humiliated, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be just ripped to shreds, and Jesus stands up for her. Jesus says, she's fine, she's just like you, leave her alone. You see, you start to get a soft heart when you identify with the right people in the story. You and I, we're, we're like that adulterous woman. And Jesus has died for us and given us a life and shown us the way and forgiven us, and that should be the beginning of how we treat other people. You start off by putting yourself in her shoes, and the second thing that I want you guys to do today to just, to just stop throwing stones, to just stop being that person, to stop being that voice, and start being the voice of love and acceptance and joy and telling people how wonderful they are and leading people into a relationship with Jesus because of how much love you felt from him is to pick someone in your family right now, just in your mind. I want you to pick somebody in your family that in your mind might be associated with the outcast, the outlier, the sinner. And I want you to do something. I want you to do the opposite of throwing stones. I want you to do the opposite of going after that person and calling what they are bad and and, and being right and sitting with your family and ripping them apart. And I want you to just start to think how loved they are, how wonderful they are, how much God loves them just the way God loves you. My goal for today and through this series is that our church would start to be a positive voice And what I I go back to the same thing that my parents taught me when I was really, really young. If you don't have anything nice to say, what's the rest of that? Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't pick sides because when you pick sides, when you say this person's wrong and this person's more right, you make yourself the more wrong one. The Pharisees thought that they were the right ones, and Jesus basically turned them and said, you are on the same plane as her. We need to humble our hearts. We need to humble our minds. We need to stop throwing stones. Would you guys pray with me? Father, this is a simple message. These men bring this woman before you, and you say, don't throw stones at her. You're just like her. Don't throw stones at her. You're just like her. God, I pray that today that would just be a trigger for every single one of us to put down our weapons, to put down our stones, to put down our self-righteousness, to put down being right, being smart, and being fed up for being loving. And that we would embrace people. That we would be proactive about saying how much God loves people and point people towards the cross and point people towards Jesus and let Jesus work his magic in people's hearts as they learn that even though they are sinners just like the rest of us, they are loved. God, it's not our job to condemn. It's our job to love. Speak peace. 
Change 514 Church today. In Jesus' name.